Hello, I'm Kristen Perisonotto. And I'm Hannah Ferguson, and we're co-founders of Cheek Media Co. This is the Weekly Cheek Podcast. Before we start this podcast, I would like to acknowledge that we are on stolen lands of the Yagara and Turrbal people here in Mianjin, and I would like to acknowledge their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome back to the Weekly Cheek. Welcome. Um, Today, we are doing an episode that was actually suggested by one of our listeners, who we know... But I'm not going to say who because I didn't get their consent. Cool. I just thought this was our idea. Oh, did you? Another plagiarism. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, a report came out in at the like in the last week of March, like just before the last week of March. I think it was the 23rd of March about sexual assault on university campuses. Yep. So obviously, um, content warning. This. Uh, podcast will be talking about sexual assault, uh, not any details, but we will be talking about it. Mm-hmm. Where to start? Where to begin? So basically it was, it's called the National Student Safety Survey and it was put out in unis and I mean, anything with stats, I'm kind of like, well, how many people did you ask? So it's a bit, you know. It's as good as you can get, really. Yeah. But it talks. It asked students if they had been um, assaulted and or harassed, like while at uni or like yeah. on campus at events, things like that. I don't think that anyone will be very surprised to know that a lot of people said that they had been assaulted and even more had said that they had been harassed while at uni. All right. So um, prevalence of sexual assault. The in terms of it, it's all broken down based on um, each university they surveyed and the highest rank was 13.2% of students had said that they had been assaulted since going to university. That's the highest um, percentage. Mm. And then in terms of harassment, 26.1%. And there is the place I want to start, which might be a bit controversial, but I don't care. Um, is the unis that were ranked as the worst for sexual assault, like the the unis that had the greatest numbers of um, disclosures, I guess. And the two on the top are Bond University and Australian National University or ANU. And then um, obviously like the UQ, so we both went to University of Queensland, um, was pretty high on the list. University of Melbourne, Monash, Macquarie. All of them. All the big hitters. All the big hitters. And the thing that I kind of like, and even like I'm scrolling down the list now, this is prevalence of sexual assault. Bond University, 13.2%. ANU, 12.3%. The third ranking, James Cook University, 9.5%. So that's a decent jump. And then it kind of goes down from there. And it does go down at a bit of a sharper, um, like a sharp decline when you get into like the less, you know, elite, in quotes, universities. Institutions. Exactly. And like, again, having been someone who went to UQ, um, I didn't experience much of it because the way I went to uni was very much like, I started uni after most of my friends and I didn't really get super involved in uni culture. Like I didn't live on campus. Um, I hung out with my friends who were like second or third years by then when I was a first year. It was a little bit different to, you know, the college experience, which Hannah has unfortunately had. Um, I actually loved my college experience, but a lot of fucked up things happened. Yeah, which she's going to talk about soon. Um, 
but the elite universities being at the top of the, that list yeah to me when i saw that i was like well where do the where do the fucking perpetrators or alleged perpetrators go after they've been to those unis they go to fucking into government and to CEO positions. Mm. Like that's to me the biggest thing that stood out when I was reading these numbers um, is that it's the most elite unis where things appear to be the worst, statistically speaking. So that's not good. Something that I have been thinking about since we decided to do this topic is that I was looking at, I think it was one of Chanel Contos' stories recently where and it triggered me because i knew this was the talk that i was given in school and i talk a bit about this one of the most pivotal talks i went to while i was at school in year 10 i've said this before was we did this one day course so problematic girls did one full day with this speaker who was an ex-police officer his name is brent sanders and he has a podcast called consent and consequences and the next day the boys did a half day and we joined with another private school and had the day talk and the first session of the day was talking about when you're a child, you know, who are the dangerous people in your life. So it was talking about how uh, it was, it was generally talking about when you are in a, a, a fear situation and like what security measures you can take. So it's like run towards the nearest house and scream ma male names, dad, you know, Sean, Matt, those sorts of things. Cause the perpetrators who are following you will usually run away, fuck off if mm -hmm. it's a man's name. Yep. He was like, don't buy security cameras, put a pair of size 15 gum boots or rugby boots on your doorstep. Mm -hmm. Things like that. At the time I was like, genius. <laughs> Year 10 me was like, this is actually really helpful. And I don't actually argue that it's not helpful. It's, it is helpful. Middle of the day this is one of the most interesting things. And I think it links directly back to this survey. A lot of the talk was about pornography laws. Um, what is the definitions, the legal definitions in different jurisdictions of sexual assault, rape, sexual harassment, all these sorts of different terms, right? Which is very helpful because I think that one of the biggest issues with these surveys can be people don't understand what harassment is yeah, and they don't understand what assault is and they don't understand what rape is. So one of the anecdotes, and I use that term very loosely that he used during that middle session was um, that he talks at many uni O weeks and he talks to, you know, most shit like year 10s and 11s in, um, in the state, basically in New South Wales. And, he had someone during O week approach him after the talk and say, I was raped last night and I didn't know until you spoke because I didn't know the definition of rape and that that was what happened to me. And that was really confronting. But also the, the key recommendation that he made for women who are in situations where they're about to be raped is to make the perpetrator feel like they're in control and look for an escape mechanism. So he was saying, if someone like starts raping, you just be like, Oh, stop. I want to do this. I just want to go to the toilet first and then fuck off. Mm -hmm. That was like the, and he was like, I've never had an instance where this hasn't worked. Now I don't know if you've oh. ever ex at the time. <laughs> and this is what's concerning to me. Yeah. When Chanel put this story up, one of the things was, and that's what, what struck me. The responses was, um, I listened to a talk where the person told me to put the perpetrator in charge and then escape. And then that, that was worth the effect of that. And then the commentary is basically like, this is what most girls in New South Wales 
like the talk they received and the advice they received because the same person was used for every school in the state for a period of time. Yep. And that really struck me because I was like, well, that's me too. That's exactly what I was taught. Mm. And at the time it felt empowering. The end of the day was, you know, poke them in the eyes and we're doing self-defense. So it was like, when I look back on it, I think at the time it was probably quite progressive for our school to let us do that. But looking back, I think how fucking problematic that was, right? Yeah. And it is a tough one because, and we're going to do another episode, um, about fighting with people who are on your side. Yeah. So that's either coming or has already happened. Yes. Look out for it. Um, but like the thing for me is like, I don't like, I, I would assume that this man genuinely like believes it's helpful. Exactly. Yeah. And like sometimes in the moment, cause you know, you're, you're told all these things about like, I don't know. I feel like as women, we're always like, told girl power don't let don't let them step all over you but it's just like what do you actually mean so i think there is like it's a tough one because in some some part of me wants to say well at least like that's some practical advice (laughs) that's not just like be careful yeah but also it's just like oh god yeah and i think the other part is like that really doesn't consider a range of circumstances where um, it may be that you're in a relationship where you're being raped. It may be that you're unconscious and you're being raped or you've been drugged. Mm-hmm. And those situations don't really allow for that argument. Yeah. Right. And I'm not saying that's blanket unhelpful as a statement, because I think there are circumstances where if you're in a fight or flight mode, it might be something that you think of. Right. But I think when I think back, it's, it's really putting the onus back on the victim. And the fact that us girls spent half a day more than the boys learning about this stuff is so pivotal to me. Yeah. But it makes me think about, how little we actually know and understand of the differences in how to classify our experiences. Like what, uh, like when I listen to those stats and I hear, you know, 12% or 25%, I'm like, I don't know a single woman that hasn't been sexually assaulted or sexually harassed. Mm-hmm. Right. So I always just think I look at that and go, fuck off. Yeah. But then I guess the question is like, are they classifying it as like at university? How many people, like, I think that if you lived on campus at university, you know, someone who's been sexually assaulted or raped. Yeah. Like that's just, I, I can't see a way out of that. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was at college, the red zone report came out, which was really famous at the time. And it mentioned my college in particular, and it was a huge issue. Well, the other thing, and just on that, like, because we see these numbers and we're like, uh, <laughs> underrepresentation. Yeah, yeah. But then like, there's a, um, quote, where is she? So the CEO of universities, Australia, uh, Katrina, Katrina. Oh, is it Catriona? Catriona. It's Katrina. So it's just the Irish way of spelling Katrina. Okay. Katrina Jackson, CEO of uh, University of Australia. This is from an ABC article said, I won't pretend we aren't disappointed by the results today. We would have hoped the results were considerably better. And she's told that to hack. When I read that, I felt blinding rage. Yeah, I think so. Like, what is that? How we hoped they were better. What the fuck you hoped? Like people are people are getting raped and you hope it was better. Yeah. Because the again, like like I said, like we see those numbers and we're like, no way. Like that's way too low. Absolutely. And then she's like, they're a bit higher than we hoped. Yeah. I fuck off. I think a. I'm not saying this is a better representation because I think that the demographic of our followers are women who have recently been at university. So it is going to be a stark contrast in numbers. But I did put up some polls last night asking people for their experiences and 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 whether they. Okay, I'll just read them out. If you attended university, were you sexually assaulted during this period of time? Twenty three percent said yes. Okay. So and that's sexually assaulted. Yeah. Right. In New South Wales, it's not rape; it is sexual assault. 
So that's double the numbers that we've read yeah. off the official. But here's the other thing, right? The definition of sexual assault is different in each jurisdiction. So sexual assault in Queensland is not rape, but it is in New South Wales, for example. Yes. Right? But I mean, I guess just it depends more on the colloquial, like, yes. if people are... I know, so there's hard. obviously challenges. Yeah, obviously this is not the same level as the official report. Okay, now, do you know someone who was sexually assaulted while at university? 51% said yes. Interesting that it's 51% said yes, but 51 said they know someone, but only 26% said it happened to them. Yeah. Have you experienced, either yourself or someone you know, sexual assault while on, on campus or basically in a capacity directly related to uni? So whether that be that you lived on campus at college, that you were attending like a university function, something like a ball, you know, there's all these university adjacent events. Ugh. 31% said yes. Okay. Because this is the thing That's is like fine. also when they're measuring this, it's hard to say like, okay, for example, we went to UQ. So how many times did you know someone who was sexually assaulted while at the RE? which is a pub, which is an awful pub near uni. Right? I mean, it's not even one of the worst ones. No, but what, like, it's like, would you consider that to be a university-affiliated event if someone's at the RE? No, I wouldn't. Exactly, but it, it kind of is. Yeah. Okay. My last question, which is interesting because I feel like we've got some really different answers, was basically like when you were at uni, were you ever taught or, you know, did you ever undertake any sort of coursework around consent, healthy relationships, sexual misconduct, like any sort of modules, coursework, any training or development? Only 19% said yes. But I got a lot of messages about this one saying that um, a lot of different unis, actually some, like I would say 10 to 15 were listed where you couldn't complete your first semester without doing three modules on consent or you had like, but also a lot of people said they undertook these in gender studies classes the other thing That's is not really counted exactly no i don't think so either but interestingly and i think this is so true someone said um if i remember correctly the thing about gender studies classes is the people that really need them never take them. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a perfect point. Now someone messaged and I just want to read this out because I thought, wow, this is fucking it. This woman has messaged and I asked her if I could read this aloud because I just think it's short and sharp and awful. I remember guys just wanking in the Melbourne uni library when I told the library and she said it was very common. Oh my God. That is awful. That is horrific. Right. But that's it. Yeah. That is it in a nutshell for me. It's just like this blatant disregard for the boundaries of others all the fucking time. Mm -hmm. Right. When I, so let's begin. <laughs> when I lived on campus, I lived on campus for two years and I lived at a college, which was the most diverse out of any. If you know UQ, you probably know which one I'm talking about, but I'm not going to name it. Basically it was only 25% Australian domestic students. In my first year as a fresher, worst cringe term of all time, <laughs> um, I, you know, heard a lot of stories of harassment and assault and misconduct, but it was only in my second year when I was basically like senior resident, RA, whatever you call it, the bit where you have a fucking lanyard and you're in charge a bit more. Mm -hmm. That was me for my second year. And I undertook like mental health first aid training, um, like just a, a, like I was a fire warden. I was all these things. So I was kind of across a lot of disclosure matters and how to handle this sort of stuff. And we did get, fucking hit my teeth on the, the mic. <laughs> we did get a lot of training. Um, like I would say like a day's worth of training on how to handle sexual assault disclosures and things like that. Mm -hmm. That year, 
I think if I remember correctly, there were three counts of um, allegations of rape in the college. And one was never publicly declared because I remember going to this meeting of the SRs. There was a team of 10 of us and the heads of the college sat us down and said, a student has left the college um, and disclosed that she was raped and she wants to just not have to pay her second semester fees or she wanted a refund on part of it. There was the reason she disclosed it was because she wanted to be able to leave without having to pay basically because she wanted to get out of there and didn't want to live with her perpetrator or her alleged perpetrator, however you want to put it. Mm -hmm. But she didn't want to make a formal complaint. And so no one would name him. Right. So we were told this had occurred. We had no idea who it was because there there was a high turnover each semester because so many international students live with us. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't obvious who it was. It wasn't like one person just randomly dropped out. We didn't know. And it really, what frightened me was we were being told that someone was accused of rape who we lived with. Yeah. But we would never know who. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling sick because it was a really hard balance where this person doesn't want to make a report and doesn't want everyone to know and doesn't want him to be kicked out necessarily. She just wanted to leave and live her life freely. Right. That's a really hard situation Mm -hmm. because I was sitting there enraged thinking, well, you need to fucking do something. But then they were like, well, we can't undertake an investigation if she doesn't want to. And I remember thinking like, what do we, what do we do? Like Mm. I am walking, um, like I'm walking around like at night after drinking, there's a lot of, you know, drug culture. There's all these things with a perpetrator. Yeah. There was an instance where they did, um, ask someone to leave because they were accused and that person was, um, investigated by the university and more allegations came out who I lived with and was friends with for a period of time. Jesus. And looking back, I actually saw him on Tinder the other day and reported him. Good. I full on made a like. 200 word report like this person's been accused of rape multiple times and the investigations have been undertaken. Oh my God. Because I, I won't fucking have it. Yeah. I was so humiliated that I was friendly with him. Mm. And that when the first allegation came out, I remember there was this culture of she's lying. Right. And looking back, like it was one of the most embarrassing times of my life is thinking that I didn't know what to think instantly. Mm-hmm. And I didn't back her instantly because I knew him more. Yeah. And that's embarrassing, but these things are normal. I think one of the hardest things is when you're living on campus and, and these things come out, alcohol and drugs are blamed. No, it, it is a, it is a social nightmare dealing with these things because it's as clicky as high school. Mm-hmm. And especially at some of the more elite rich colleges, I can't imagine how people deal with that because it's clicky, it's elitist and it's a really awful toxic culture where I just don't think that people get outed in the way that they should. Yeah. Um, and I think that there were probably tens, if not hundreds more occasions where these things occurred and no one spoke up because they were international students or they, you know, their parents are paying a lot of money for them to be there. I think it creates a really weird culture and power dynamic when you know that there's not really going to be anything done by the university. That's very common knowledge as well. Mm-hmm. And again, I loved my college experience, but it did break my spirit a bit to see this in action. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like one of the big things, so that one of the, the main kind of elements that um, have been covered by all of the medias who have that have covered this um, report mm. has been about like, well, let's improve their methods of reporting. And like what you've just said um, about your, the training that you receive is like, what do you do when someone discloses a rape to you? And while I do, obviously it's under, it's really important to get to make sure that you, there are places for um, survivors to report I just like get so bothered when 
that's kind of it just seems like that's where all the effort is put in that's the end like, of the it's line too fucking late yeah. like and i mean i i get it obviously sometimes it is too late and you just want something to be done about it it's like what can i do now that this has happened to me or it happened to someone mm-hmm. who has told me but it's like is that really where you, are you gonna put all your resources into that like how about looking further down the like before that like what do we what can we do to like prevent this stuff from happening genuinely Mm. and i think it is a bit of a a tough one again because of this because this report was like about um universities and also because i didn't um go to college and so it's for me it's like a very different experience i just wonder like how much of this stuff is it kind like it should have been dealt with in high school yeah like that education and everything like that and in college it is different because they actually do have the capability to sit down like all the new college students and like actually tell them yeah. that it's fucking not okay to rape people and like what happened, what you can do if something does happen. But for a lot of people, it's, it's like when you go, cause I didn't have, I really don't think I had any friends who lived on campus that I really knew. And so for me, like in my kind of circle of friends, um, people had just, finished school and then graduated and then moved away like two hours away from their hometown and lived with their friends and gone to uni. And so it was very much like, you know, and I guess in college you could argue the same thing. It's like, oh, we're independent for the first time in in college. I guess you're just not quite as alone. Um, but you're alone, you're independent for the first time. You're probably just starting drinking, you know, drugs involved are involved. You're kind of like free to do whatever you want to do yeah. and lack of supervision. Exactly. We're adults at yes. that time. I think um, the other thing is, and this is one of probably is very confronting, but when, so essentially the way that like it worked at college when I was a senior resident and I was like a, an advisor sort of person was that I would do shifts. So we would have like phone firewood and like we'd be basically in charge and you would there would be special events where we take shifts so i took our college ball night so i was not drinking that night and so is that your responsibility to be sober you have to be sober mm-hmm. because you have to call the ambulance if something happens yeah and um i remember that night i think i we referred to it as backpacking people so when someone's obscenely drunk mm-hmm. like the drunkest you've ever seen anyone and you put them in the backpack position. So you get a big backpack and you fill it and you put it on them so that when they vomit, they don't choke. Jesus. Christ. And I remember coming back and getting like many calls because it's a duty phone. So you call the duty phone if you need an SR to come and do something and everyone's drunk. Mm-hmm. So like that was like my special event that I had to handle. And we got home. I was sober. I was in my pajamas, like running around because people needed to be backpacked. Right. And I was literally looking at these people coming in and out of consciousness, like ambulance, no ambulance, mm-hmm. ambulance, no ambulance. And having to make the determination, one of my best friends is studying paramedicine and nursing. And I would be like, come here and make the call. <laughs> That's not, your it's not kid, normal. Like... I was 19. Yeah. Right. And I'm looking at someone's eyes rolling back into the head and deciding if I call triple zero or not. Fucking hell. And this is the thing. It's like the very, very confronting, Mm -hmm. but also I felt like I learned a lifetime of lessons about alcohol and drugs in the first six months of my college experience, because the, the first thing you learn in the first week, I remember you all got sat down because someone got left behind once and then an ambulance needed to be called. And the thing is like, I know that women especially never do this, but a few weeks ago, one of my male friends said that they had 
left someone behind in a nightclub, mm-hmm. uh, like a, just one one guy by himself. And I became so fucking enraged by this because women can't do that. Yeah. If you leave a woman behind while she's intoxicated or on drugs, or even if you think she's with a guy, mm-hmm. you actually can't. Women don't do that to each other because the result is rape or death. Yeah. Right? When men do that, it's like, <laughs> funny, you lol, prank. Yeah. That, like, that's the first thing I learned at college is like, you fucking never leave anyone behind, right? You just never leave someone alone in that sort of an environment. Yeah. And I think these are the lessons that you learn really fast in those sorts of talks. And it's, it's, it's lessons we shouldn't have to learn, mm-hmm. right? But it makes me think about like this alcohol and drug fueled culture and how it's so condensed. It's just like the worst elements of humanity condensed these like hormone filled years where just awful shit happens to everyone. Mm-hmm. If it's not happening to you, it's happening to your best mate. Yeah. And it's like, we got calls for suicide attempts. We got calls for fucking backpacking. We called, called the ambulance for people who were unconscious. You know, we got calls of people who were sexually harassed and you know, these things just happened. Mm-hmm. And it just like, it's really weird. Cause I still look back on these years. as like the most formative and like, I learned so much and I had such a good experience, but I think about how that isn't the case for others. Yeah. I was like, scared of men <laughs> not, not in a not in like a predatory way i was just scared of dating and, yeah. and boys generally and now and then you came out of a scared of them for, for a predatory yes. reason yes well i think and the the biggest thing for me is like i think that um you know in any like event especially when you're young and you're drinking and everything there is like a bit of an unspoken rule that people should be looking out for each other mm. and that is that's one thing to like look out for your mates or whatever but then you you were literally told by your college that is your job. I was you, paid. It is your responsibility mm. to and like yes, you were paid, but like, is it your responsibility to decide if someone's going to fucking die or not? Like that's no, just... it's not. And I think you ring because there there's um, directors on site and things. But I agree, it's like really hard when it's your peers. Yeah, some colleges had security guards, mm. and whenever there was liquor at an event on at our college, there would be security. Yeah. And like a licensing would turn up and mm-hmm. Red Frogs, best organization ever. Yeah. Even though I don't like Christianity, that's one good thing. You know that, that you can't volunteer with them unless you're part of the church. Yeah. Which I would donate and, and volunteer my time if I could, but I, I don't want to go to church. Do you know what's so funny? Because I went to a really conservative Christian school. Like <laughs> like my friends who went to state schools, they, the Red Frogs came to their school and like told them, like, call us if anything happens. And then they went to schoolers and they were like, oh, Red Frogs are legends. At my school, it's just like, I saw you going to be a red frog or no, <laughs> like just such a different yeah. experience. Um, but anyway, I was, when you were saying like about how women don't leave each other behind, I was just thinking about when I first moved to Brisbane and I went to like one of the uni bars and I was there with like friends that I knew, like from my hometown mm. And, um, one of them I couldn't find. And I was like, wait, where is she? It wasn't really that late. And so I wasn't like concerned, but I was just like weird. Cause she's not really one to like ghost. Yeah. And then I ran into like a f- mutual friend who I didn't really know that well. And I was like, oh, where is so-and-so? And he's like, oh, she like went over to this place and she, she's looking for you. And I was like, oh, she's looking for me. That's strange. Cool. I'll go and. I'm scared. Find her. She was fucking passed out on the ground. And he fucked off and was like, she's looking for you. I'm like, she doesn't have the capacity to be looking for anybody. Like, absolutely fuck you. I never spoke to this man again. I'm like, you are fucking dead to me. What the fuck is with people? Mm. 
Honestly, sometimes like I am horrified by these stats that come out, but then sometimes I'm like, I'm shocked that it's not worse. No, agree. Remember my first week, I was the person that was knocked out. Mm-hmm. I, it was like my third day of, of the first week of uni ever. And it was an at college event and I was obliterated and I lay down on the ground when liquor licensing arrived to check that everything was Oh God. Being regulated correctly. It and wasn't. The, like the director of the college, like was like, get her out of here. Mm-hmm. And I think. Isn't what that... for optics? Mm-hmm. Fuck. And then I, I mean, I was fucked and I was getting aggressive too. Like I won't like, I was so humiliated. This is one of the most humiliating days of my life. Right. Mm-hmm. And I got taken to bed and then I woke up on the couch like 5am like, Oh Jesus. <laughs> I'm <the> fucking, <laughs> this is just the worst. Right. And, um, I was, I almost never went back to college. Like I was so like embarrassed. Yeah. And I got called into the office to be spoken to about what had happened. And I left and I felt so ashamed, you know, and rightly so it was awful what I did. I mean, I was fucking freshly 18 and all these things and it wasn't acceptable, the behavior or the drinking, but I felt like the talking to was about optics. It wasn't about that. It's, you know, drinking and risks and you know it wasn't really about me it was about like the look right and i just think like it was your event yeah (laughs) you were serving me yeah and that's not an excuse it's my fault i drank that much but it was more about what it could have done as a fine for the college as opposed to like my behavior and drinking and how i should be responsible and blah 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 that's fucked yeah Yeah. if they're going to give you i mean honestly i'm all for those kinds of talks absolutely but it should be about like this is how you stop not don't do that again <laughs> but also i feel like that was great because i did something i had an awful night and then i was like i never want that to happen again because yeah. i got spoken to and to me it's like more about getting in trouble is the scariest element yeah and i got in trouble mm-hmm. um and then i was forced to write a letter apologizing i don't know to, to who. who i don't know the student club who like ran the event whatever what the fuck um, that's fuck just the, but the fact that you had to apologize for that when you know how much fucked up shit has gone on mm-hmm. and people get away with it yeah it, it's really interesting because it's like i think that those talks are good and they scare people into because they could also do alcohol bans for people so if you had more than three of those occasions you'd be banned from drinking yeah which is interesting i don't know how that actually functions i mean that just means that people will drink elsewhere but what i found was when you were a first year and that happened it was much easier to get a ban whereas when the actual mental health problems started with the older students they would never have the same ramifications right even though they were much worse it was dished out unfairly and on the basis of the hierarchy. Yeah, I found. right. That's fucked. But anyway, I deserved it. And I never got that bad again. And then the next year I was fucking in charge of these people. <laughs> so they're like, wow, Hannah's really learned from this lecture that we've given her. We're give her some responsibility. But I think it's important to be honest as well, because I think that we all have those days. Mm. We, I mean, that was just monitored and everyone saw it. So it's way worse and embarrassing. Yeah. But I think it's, I think, I think the conversation around, you have to talk about alcohol when you talk about these issues as well, alcohol and drugs. Yeah, exactly. And it's not an excuse and it's not, it shouldn't be a mitigating factor in as a, for a perpetrator's right. It's always the reason that we undermine um, the experience of victims. But I think that we have to involve alcohol in our discussions as well and use it as something to say it influenced both parties, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mitigate what happened. Yeah. Especially when you're talking about it in the context of uni. Yeah. And the, and preventative context as opposed to after the disclosure. Cause that's the end of the line. When the rapist happened, everything's failed. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
If you didn't find us completely insufferable, come back next Wednesday for a new episode. You could also find us on Instagram at cheekmediaco or online at cheekmedia.com.au. Yes, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs>